Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, I want to take you to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 21 through 29. I'm excited to preach this morning. It's been two weeks, and uh, it's, it's just, I, I, was, I was at, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was sharing the word, I, I think I mentioned to y'all, at a friend's church, and, you know, I loved being there, I loved being with them and sharing, you know, sharing uh, Jesus with them, but, you know, there's nothing like being, being home, Amen. Um, and, and, and they also don't get my level of sarcasm. So when I told a joke, like it went over their heads. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> probably not invited back next time. Um, but if you have your Bible, do you have it? Jeremiah 7, 21 through 29. If you have it, say amen. Give me a nice, loud amen this morning. All right. It says this. Y'all ready for this one? It's not going to be a pleasant one. This is what it says. It says, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies The God of Israel says, take your burnt offerings and your other sacrifices and eat them yourselves. Thank you. When I led your ancestors out of Egypt, it was not burnt offerings and sacrifices that I wanted from them. This is what I told them. Obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Do everything as I say and you uh, do everything as I say and all will be well. But my people would not listen to me. How many got kids that just don't listen to you? And they kept doing whatever they wanted, following the stubborn desires of their evil hearts. They went backwards instead of forward. From the day your ancestors left Egypt until now, I have continued to send my servants, the prophets, day in and day out. But my people have not listened to me or even tried to hear. They have been stubborn and sinful, even worse than their ancestors. Verse 27 says, and this is God speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. He says, tell them this, but do not expect them. To listen, shout out your warnings, but do not expect them to respond. Say to them, this is the nation whose people would not obey the Lord their God and refuse to be taught. Truth has vanished from among them. It is no longer heard on their lips. Shave your head in mourning and weep alone on the mountains for the Lord has rejected and forsaken this generation that has provoked his fury. Y'all are already thinking, what kind of message is this, Pastor? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God, for this word. We thank you, my God, because your word is powerful, my God. It, it, it has the power to, uh, to, 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 to get into the depths of our hearts, Father. And I pray that that is what it does this morning. I pray that your Holy Spirit may lead me, Father God. I pray that you be on my lips, my God, uh, that nothing that is spoken here is of me, my God, or from me, but from you and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, over the next several weeks, uh, leading up to Easter Sunday, which is going to be epic, by the way, praise God. I, I love Easter Sundays, man. I'm, 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 I'm always nervous about them because of you know the, the whole parking situation. Um, by the way, I do want to I do want to say I, I spoke to that funeral home across the street. They are going to allow us to use their parking lot. They actually said whenever we want, any any Sunday we want. Uh, amen. Praise God. I went in there. I went in there, and I was like, "Hey, would y'all be open to um, to, to leasing your parking lot on, on Sunday?" And then the lady was like, "Nope." And I was like, "Dang, okay, just like that, huh?" And then she said, "What, what would God think about me if I charged you?" So I was like, "I, I know. I didn't want to say." 
but but praise God. So we got it. We got it um, free. And if, if there's ever an overflow, you can't find parking. Maybe you got here a little bit late. You can you can park right there. at, at I think it's called uh, Cristo Rey uh, Funeral Home. You might have to walk a little bit, but it's not not a big deal. Amen. Um, but so over over the next few weeks leading up to Easter, I want to talk about I want to talk about grace. Grace. Somebody say that with me. Grace. It's such a beautiful word. Grace. We named Ellie, uh, Michelle Grace. It's just a beautiful, it's just a beautiful name. It's a beautiful word. And, and everything that it means is, is beautiful. And it is the most beautiful, the greatest gift that God has given to humanity. It's the gift of grace. And I truly want us to understand this doctrine because it is so foundational to the Christian faith. Amen. And I think if I could kind of just maybe provide a definition for grace, I would say that grace is the undeserved kindness of God that extends an acceptance into his perfect and holy kingdom to people who are totally corrupt, totally unholy, and totally undeserving. That is the grace of God. Grace is not something that can be earned. It is not something that that I am entitled to. Amen? It's simply grace. By, by definition, grace has nothing to do with the receiver of it, but it says everything about the giver of it. And so I want us to dive into the doctrine of grace over the next few weeks. I, I was talking to, I think, it was, I think I was talking to, to, to Pastor Danny a few months ago on the topic of grace. And he mentioned something to me that I thought was true, and maybe it's only true for, uh, for some of us. Maybe I won't speak broadly on it, but he said growing up in, in past generations, it seems like preachers would only ever speak about the wrath of God. Like the messages that were spoken were almost always to scare you into a relationship with Jesus. Um, so it was, all, it was all about the wrath of God. It was all about the anger of God. It was always about the, 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 the day of the Lord, the coming judgment of God. And I do believe that that is true. Uh, growing up in and around the church, I think I can attest to that. Um, I think it even affected my young ministry. We have this, we have this uh, home video, man, that I wish I could find. I would love to show it to y'all. But I was, I was probably like four years old. And in the video, I'm wearing a cowboy hat. And I have like the, the little, like the cowboy lasso, like the rope. And I have a little toy gun here. I was all, all cowboyed out. And I don't, this is random. It's irrelevant to the story, but that's what it was. And, and I, have, I have, in the video, you see a bunch of stuffed animals lined up. Just a bunch of, you know, teddy bears, little lions, I got whatever. And, and in the video, you hear me shouting and yelling with fury and anger and all the conviction and power and authority of the Holy Spirit. I say, and you, and you, and you are going to hell. You are going to hell, little teddy. You're going to hell because of what you did last night, you know? Like, <laughs> and I, I was so mad. And I think that, I think maybe, maybe I was influenced by maybe some of the preachings that I heard early on. Um, I think there was such an emphasis on the wrath of God and grace was rarely preached on and, and grace is important because it reminds us of how much God loves us. Amen. No matter what we've done, great God's grace is sufficient. Uh, today I think churches do a great job about talking about grace, but what I had mentioned to, to pastor Danny was, you know, now we're kind of in danger of doing the opposite of what past generations did. Right. Maybe all they did was talk about the wrath of God, but we can be in danger of always just talking about the grace of God. There should be a balance. Right. 
We shouldn't only ever talk about the grace of God that we, we think about grace as a, as a get out of jail free card and I can do whatever I want and I can live however I want and the grace of God is there. That is, that is a misunderstanding of grace. We should be able to talk about grace but also not forget to talk about the wrath of God because both are true and everybody needs to hear about both. And so this is going to be a series on grace but I do not want to neglect the other side and I want to begin there. Hence the Jeremiah verse. Um, because there is a reason, church, that, that, that we even need grace in the first place. There's a reason. There is an ugly reality to why God felt the need to extend this, this gift of grace to us to begin with. Right? And it's before we had Christ, all we had coming to us was death. The, the wrath of God. It was death via sin. Romans 3.12 says sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all have sinned. Sin leads to death. And, and sin is like a terminal cancer because it, it, it spreads through the entire body and it eventually kills. And, and the verse says that it has spread through to all men because everyone has sinned, meaning that, that man is totally incapable of saving himself. And so all we had coming to us before Christ was death. And so God, seeing the need in the wake of sin, he extended this beautiful gift of grace. Um, Grace comes out of ugly. It comes out of ugly. I was talking to a friend yesterday morning. He called me and we had a long conversation and he was telling me that he feels so guilty of so many of the things that he's done in his past. And I don't know if you've ever felt just so guilty before. Like you don't even you don't even want to keep going because you think that your life, your past is irreparable. And he was telling me it's like every single day I I feel like a video plays in my mind of all the bad that I have done and I'm ashamed of it. And then he said, I wish that I could forget about it. I wish that, that God would erase that from my memory. And I told him, I said, bro, I don't think God is going to let you forget about it because he's going to use that to remind you of the ugly that he pulled you from. He's, he's going to remind you that in spite of all that you've done, his, his mighty grace and love and compassion, even through your past, even through your ugly, grace has been given to you. It's like, it's like the grace of God hits different when you have an ugly past. It just, it, it just hits different. And, and humanity as a whole has a very ugly history, but thank God that, that he turns beauty from ashes. Amen. Um, and I want, to talk, I want to talk a little bit about sin, um, because sin at its core is, is disobedience. That is what sin is. It's disobedience to God. Growing up, I, I thought when I would think about a, a, a sinful lifestyle, I would think about going to clubs, getting drunk, cursing, you know, sexual morality. All of that is a product of a sinful lifestyle. Um, but you can also do none of those things and still live a life of sin because sin is simply disobedience. Sin doesn't always look worldly because it can hide at church. It can hide in your ministry. Jonah was in sin when he ran from the call of God. Moses sinned when he reacted in anger and he disobeyed the command of God. These were otherwise godly men who all sinned because of their disobedience. That's what sin is. When Adam and Eve 
sin for the very first time, there, there was no such thing as worldly. They weren't trying to look like the world. But they disobeyed the command of God. That was the very first sin committed by man, disobedience. And God, God gave a command and man disobeyed. Uh, Romans 5, 19 tells us, for as uh, one, one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. So I want to speak on that for a moment. Um, I've entitled my message, I know this is kind of a long intro, but I've entitled my message, There is a Path. And you awake this morning because y'all don't sound awake. <clears throat> it's because we're talking about sin. We're talking about awkward stuff. I want to talk about obedience. So, so there is a path. That, that message, there, there is a path to grace. Amen? There is a path to grace. There is there's a path uh, to salvation. And I want to give some insight here. We're going to get, I don't want to lose you this morning, but I want to get a little bit theological, okay? Um, so I'm going to teach for a little bit. When sin came into the world, the moment sin came into the world, God's plan of redemption was, was at play immediately, right? Sin separated a man from God, and God said, nope, this is not the way that the story of my creation is going to end. I will make a way for their restoration. I will make a path for their restoration. And he did this through the obedience of Jesus, right? But even before Jesus, God had to make a path to Jesus. And that's what the Old Testament is all about. The Old Testament is about the culmination of that redemptive moment of Jesus on the cross dying for the sins of the world. But in order to get there, God needed to first establish for himself a holy nation. Someone say holy. God was trying to establish a holy people, a nation that would be called to be set apart from all the world. A nation that would look nothing like the world because Jesus was to come from this holy nation. He was, he was to be the representative of this holy nation that would then extend salvation to all of the other nations of the world. And so we see this plan as early as Genesis chapter 12 where God calls Abraham. Abraham is the father of the nation of Israel. And he says, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and in him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So we see the fulfillment of this and the fact that Jesus came from the nation of Israel from the seed of, of Abraham, and offered salvation to all the nations of the earth. This was the plan of God from the beginning. And so, so God makes this path to grace by establishing the nation of Israel to be his people, to be sanctified, to be holy. And he tells them in Exodus 19, I know, we're, we're, there's a lot of scriptures here this morning. Exodus 19, this is a brand new nation. They've been delivered from Egyptian captivity. And, and he says, now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possess, uh, possession among all people from all the earth is mine. And you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So I wanted to give you that background to let you know that it's always been about obedience. Faith as well. Faith is a key factor, but faith and obedience, they go hand in hand here. Obedience. Is what God cares about. Abraham had to obey God when God told him to leave his country. Abraham, he wasn't to ask any questions. Just, just go. I will show you. You will know when you get there. 
He had to obey. Jacob had to obey God. Joseph had to obey God. Through, through the desert, through the wilderness, through, through all of the situation, they had to obey. Moses had to obey God when he told him to take my people out of Israel, uh, out of Egypt. And then when, when God finally has established this nation of Israel, he tells his people, I want you to obey my commands. He establishes the nation of Israel, and he's speaking to them in the desert, in the wilderness. They, were just, they just came out of, out of Egypt. I want you to obey my commands because you are my people. And I want you to obey my commands because one day, through you, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, will come. So obedience was a necessary factor for them to benefit from the gift of grace. Now we fast forward to, to the events in Jeremiah's day, the, the, the passage that we just read. And we hear this recurring theme of disobedience of Israel. Judgment has fallen upon them because of their disobedience. He says, but my people would not listen to me. They kept following their own desires. Do not expect them to listen to the warnings. This is, this is a recurring theme. If you read the Old Testament, this is a recurring theme in the people of Israel. They're always just rebelling. Maybe, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a, a recurring theme in your own life, if we're, if we're honest. I mean, how many times have we fallen short of the glory of God? How many times? How many times have I deviated from the will of God in a moment of, of selfishness? How many times, how many of us know how many of us know what the Bible says about reacting in your anger and sinning in your anger? How many of us, how many of us know that? Yeah. Raise your hands. Y'all know that verse. But yet we do it. And in a moment when we're provoked, we sin in our anger. When we, diso when we disobey God, what we're doing is we're putting our, our flesh first. We, we, we obey our own desires over God's desires. We obey our emotions over the spirit. And that just leads to more sin. And, and that leads us further away from where God is trying to take us through his grace. And God says, look, I, I forgive you for your past. I forgive you for everything that you've done. Everything that's been replaying in your mind. I have given grace. I have extended mercy. I forgive you. But let's start walking towards your purpose today. That takes obedience on your part. And so you can understand the frustration of God to try to get his people to advance. But they constantly disobey. They just disobey. And you know what we like to do? We like to, we, we like to, we like to overcompensate when it comes to our disobedience. And the way that we overcompensate for our disobedience is, is we like to provide sacrifices. And I've seen this enough times in scripture to know that God doesn't, he's not fond of this. God tells Saul, it is better to obey than to sacrifice. You think you were trying to offer me sacrifices? It's, I didn't ask for your sacrifice. I asked for your obedience. It is better for you to obey than it is to sacrifice. Proverbs 21.3 says to do righteous and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And then here in Jeremiah, God, God says in verse 22, when I led your ancestors out of Egypt, it was not burnt offerings and sacrifices that I was looking for. This is what I told them. Obey. 
God doesn't want your sacrifices in the place of your obedience. And a lot of times as Christians, we feel so imperfect and we feel so guilty of our past mistakes that we think that a sacrifice will diminish that. It's like like the filthier you feel at the end of the day, the longer the shower has to be. Right. And you have to stay in there longer. You have to turn up the hot water all the way. You have to scrub a little bit harder because you want to get that filth out. It is not the same way with God. No level of sacrifice will earn you more grace. You don't need to fast for forgiveness. God's not going to forgive you faster. You don't you don't need don't don't take this the wrong way. You don't need to wake up at four in the morning in order for God to hear you more clearly because no one else is awake at four in the morning and so he, he doesn't have all the noise. No, God can hear you at any moment. Now, I'm not saying if the Holy Spirit wakes you up to, to seek God, man, you do that, you be obedient. But, but, but don't, don't think that, that, that my level of sacrifice is gonna give me more of God's grace. God is not, God is not like, a, like, like a woman whose attention you can get by impressing like there, there ain't no flex big enough that is going to make God be like, dang, <laughs> but, but we, we think we, we think this and we fall into this trap of believing that the more I sacrifice, the more I'm going to impress God. Look, you don't get closer to God by your sacrifices. You get closer to God by your obedience. You can sacrifice all you want. You can sacrifice all you have, but if it doesn't come with obedience, it is worthless. Have you ever thought about why that is? Why, why, why does God prefer obedience than to sacrifice? Has anybody asked themselves that question? Maybe you already know the answer. What, why does God, I mean, sacrifice is good. I'm not talking bad about sacrifice. Sacrifice is all over scripture. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us to live our life sacrificially to God. It is good. We are called to be a living sacrifice. But, but God requires obedience over sacrifice. And I'm going to tell you why that is. It's because your sacrifice isn't good enough. Your sacrifice is not enough. And I hope that doesn't hurt your feelings. But it's not enough. Imagine if, imagine for a moment, if the apostle Peter told Jesus, Jesus, you are too worthy. You are too holy. You are too perfect. You are too undeserving of the cross. Let me go instead. Let me do it. I'll do it. And imagine if Peter went to the cross. Well, thanks, Peter, but you didn't really cut it. It was a noble sacrifice. It was well-intentioned. But all you did was die. Like, you didn't even resurrect. Like, you just, you just died. Nothing happened as a result of, of your death. It was just this self-righteous Maybe well-intentioned sacrifice, but it wasn't enough. It's kind of like when your kid offers, you know, to help with some of the bills, and they're like, Daddy, I know that you just lost your, lost your job, and we need, to, we need to pay for the house. I don't want us to lose your house, uh, so here's all the money in your piggy, my, my piggy bank. And you're like, it's such a heartfelt moment, and you're probably crying because it's such a beautiful moment, but then you open up the piggy bank, it's like $5.30, and you cry even more because it's not enough. <laughs> I mean, this is how much, I mean, golly, you're eight years old. This is what you got. This is what you got to show for it. Five dollars. It's appreciated. It's sweet, but it's not enough. 
And no amount of prayer, no amount of knowledge, no amount of wisdom, no amount of anointing, no amount of education will ever make anyone a worthy enough sacrifice. So the only thing that we have to give is submission to God. That's all that I have to give. Stop trying to think of what more you can give to God when you haven't even given him the basic thing he's required of you. How can I compensate? I'm saying no to God in this area. I'm saying no to God in my calling. So God, I'll just, how about, how about, how about a hundred dollars? How about $200 in the offering plate tomorrow? How's that sound? God doesn't want your sacrifice. He wants your obedience because your sacrifice is not enough and your sacrifice is not going to impress him. It could impress us. It could impress the leadership. It can impress the pastors. And wow, what a, what a beautiful love offering. But it doesn't, it doesn't impress God. Living in obedience is far greater than living in sacrifice. <clears throat> the nation of Israel is, they're, they're making their sacrifices. That's, that's, where they're, that's where they're at. They're making their sacrifices. They're, they're offering burnt incense and offerings and fattened calves and they're paying their tithes. But in their hearts they have not honored God because they have been disobedient. And because of that, they are facing the wrath of God and the judgment of God. God's like, man, I'm trying to make a way for, for grace to be extended to the whole world through, the nation, uh, through, through Jesus. But I can't get y'all to obey. I can't get y'all to be righteous. I can't get y'all to be, to be holy. How is Jesus to come from a holy nation when I can't get the nation to be holy? How, how, are you, how, how are you to be the light of the world when you keep on turning off your light? You turn, you turn it on Sunday morning so that you're not the only one with the light off. In the Old Testament, God is making this path to grace, and, and that path is obedience. It's obedience. Obedience is all we truly have to offer. My sacrifices are not enough, and they are absolutely nothing without obedience. I hope I'm explaining. My, am I explaining myself this morning? Are you with me still? Got a little quiet this morning. It's not that God, I, I don't want you to get, don't get it twisted. Like, it's not that God doesn't care about sacrifices. Again, he does. He cares deeply about sacrifices. That's why we, that's why we have altars to give to God. But but to satisfy a perfect God, you need a perfect sacrifice. And there is only one man whose sacrifice was perfect, Jesus. Right? And, and so so grace was to be given. Listen, grace was to be given through the sacrifice of Jesus, and it was to be received through the obedience to Jesus. I'm going to say that one more time. Grace was to be given through the sacrifice of Jesus, not through your sacrifice, through the sacrifice of Jesus. And it was to be received by our obedience to Jesus. It's like God looked at the world and said, man, no one's no one's sacrifice is sufficient for my grace. So instead, I'm going to require obedience to the one whose sacrifice is sufficient. Jesus. Obedience. 
That is what, that is so, I believe that God is just speaking that over somebody's life this morning. Obedience. Obedience. It's hard to be obedient sometimes. It's hard to be obedient, like truly obedient. And, and it's like we, we point at all the things that we have been obedient in. God, I, I come to church, I bring my family to church, and I read my Bible, and I know I, I have a relationship with you, but you, you've, you, you're running. You're running. You're hiding. You haven't said yes. You told me no. God wants all of your obedience, not some of it. He wants all of it. We all want the grace of God, right? We, I mean, we need the grace of God. Daily, I need the grace of God. But, but living in grace has to be accompanied by living in obedience. Now, I'm not saying that your obedience earns grace, right? It, it doesn't. Grace was given even before obedience. It was actually given in the midst of disobedience. When Adam sinned, that is, that is when God said, okay, I need to extend grace. So obedience doesn't earn grace, but to live in the grace of God, one must submit to him. You got you to gotta stop running. You got to stop saying no. You got to begin saying yes. You begin, begin opening up your heart and say, God, God, search me. Can I have the worship team? I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up. God, search me. That's such a, that's such a scary prayer. <laughs> because when, when God seeks, he finds. And so you're telling him to search you. You realize that he might find something that you didn't realize was there. And it's like, man, God, I don't even know if I want to give you permission to search me. Because I might not like what, what you're going to find and expose and show me. But that truly needs to be our prayer. God, search me. Search the depths. Search my mind. Search my thoughts. Search my, 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 my desires. So that I can be completely yours. I can be completely obedient and, and submissive to you and to your will. And this morning, I don't know, I mean, if, if you were to look at your life today, you probably have a life full of mistakes, full of regret. <laughs> Amen. That's for all of us. I mean, that's for all of us. You have things, you have things that you would have done differently. I have so many things I would have done differently. I look back and I'm like, man, I could have done this better. This was a, this was a mistake that I could have avoided with just a little bit of wisdom. There, there might have been things that you would have started. Now you're barely starting them right now. You could have been years ahead, but because you said no then. Maybe there were relationships that you would have ended prematurely because they got a little too toxic for you. So, I mean, we, we can look behind us, and so much ugly is there. And, and I want to tell somebody this morning, because you, maybe, maybe you have been just looking behind you, and you haven't been able to advance because of your, of your past. God is not in the business of changing your past. 
but he is in the business of changing your future in spite of your past. And he can do that. But that begins, that begins with the present. Your future begins with now. What you do today. So many people think, and I've talked to these people, my past has shaped my future. I'll tell them, no, your past doesn't shape your future. Your past shaped your past. Your present will shape your future. What you do today will affect how tomorrow looks. You can't change what you did back then. But thank God that God says, I don't care what you did in the past. As long as you submit to me now, I will change your future. I will give you hope. I will give you a future. Your past isn't too ugly. And that's, that's, that's what I wanted to begin with this morning on this, on this series of graces. Is that you know that to, to, to receive the grace of God, you have to be submissive. You have to lay down your life and say, God, take me how you want me. Just like there's nothing so great you can do to impress God, there is nothing so grave you can do to deter God. Noah was a drunk. He was honored by God. David David's got a rap sheet, man. David would be in prison today. The church would write David off. We wouldn't give him a platform ever again. We would take his church away and make sure he never pastors again. But he's called in scripture a man after my own heart. A murderer. An adulterer. Peter denied Jesus straight up. He just denied Jesus. But he was commissioned. He was commissioned by Jesus. And that moment where Peter was so ashamed of what he did, he, he, he left. He left the ministry. He's like, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm going to go back to what I was doing before. I'm going to go back to my fishing, my fishing business. And Jesus commissions him. He says, I want you to feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? He was so ashamed that he couldn't say, he couldn't say it back. If you read that scripture, it, it, G, Peter says, I love you, but it's not the same, it's not the, it's not the same word for love. It's not agape. He's telling, he's telling Jesus, I mean, I I care for you. I care for I care deeply for you. Jesus asks him again, do you love me? Do you agape me? Peter's like, nah, I mean. And you know why he's he's, he's not answering the question? Because he is so ashamed. Maybe he thinks, maybe he thinks that, that, that if he says, yes, I agape you, Jesus is going to point to what he did. Maybe he's thinking, maybe he's thinking if he says that he loves him, Jesus is going to be like, then why did you deny me? No, that was not the intention of Jesus That was a moment of grace. That was a moment of forgiveness. And there's forgiveness 
in the room. There is grace in the room. But it begins with submission, church. It begins with submission. And I'm going to ask that we stand this morning. I have the worship team sing something. What I want to do this morning is I, I want you, I want you to have a moment with God. I'm going to, today I'm going to have, I'm going to ask the prayer team to, to sit this one out. Unless, unless you need prayer, if you need prayer, we, we will pray for you. But I, I want to open up the altars just to anyone who's, who, who wants to pray that prayer with me. God, search my heart. I want to be completely submissive to you. I want to be submissive to you, not just in my ministry, not just in my family life, in my finances, in my marriage, in my relationships, in the way that I deal with things, my God. I want to be submissive to you. I want to be so close to know what your will is over my life. I pray, my God, from this moment, I can advance. I can move forward. I can move forward to the purpose that you've called me for without my past holding me down. If that's you this morning, come forward. I want to, let's pray together. Let's pray this prayer together. And if that's not you, I just want us to worship. Let's open up these altars and let's just worship God for a moment and thank him for the grace, that sweet grace, that beautiful grace that I am so undeserving of that maybe I forget about sometimes. I forget to be grateful sometimes. I forget to say thank you sometimes. But I thank you, my God, this morning for your grace that is sufficient. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.